Get ready. Get ready. It's time for This Week in Hockey, an in-depth look at what's happening around the NHL this week. Here's your host, Blues analyst Alex Ferrario and Blues broadcaster Joey Vitale. This Week in Hockey, brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, 101 ESPN. Happy Wednesday night, everyone, and welcome into This Week in Hockey, presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Alex Ferrario with you. Happy to be with you tonight as we are in the final week of the regular season as the Blues wrap up their final two games of the regular season, both against the Minnesota Wild, and then it's into postseason action, and it's the final week of regular season this week in hockey. Curbs and Joey are going to be hanging out with us tonight here for the first hour. We're leading you up to our first Community Credit Union pregame show presented by Auto Center's Nissan and Academy Air starting at 7, and then we got puck drop with Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale at 8. Fellas, final week of the regular season. I'm curious, after... Going through a bubble situation like we did last year for the postseason and then going into a shortened season this year, what's been your take on just the adversity that the teams have had to go through and just finally getting to the end of a regular season? Well, you know, Alex, I mean, from a player's perspective of what we've kind of witnessed this season, I I don't know. I, I can't be nothing but proud of every team that made it this far and especially the St. Louis Blues I would say not only because well I'm biased and they're my team but given what they went through to still arrive here in the playoffs to me that that really sums it up you look at what they went through as far as the social distancing all the COVID protocols the games missed the games rescheduled heck we talked to Jordan Bennington a little bit about it this morning and he just took a big deep breath he's like boo I'm just glad it's coming to an end and we can really just get ready for playoffs because of all those reschedules and the craziness of the schedule, uh, the adversity, the sleepless nights, the travel. My goodness gracious, the travel. We don't talk about that enough for St. Louis and how they go all the way out west and then come all the way back home, getting home at 2, 3 in the morning sometimes, and that's your day off before you come back to the rink the next day and go right back at it. You know, to me, making it to the playoffs this year for the St. Louis Blues, you know, I think to echo what Chris Kerber said the other day, making it to the playoffs and putting on a great show in this first round, to me, I think you got to hang your hat on that if you're the St. Louis Blues team. Look at Tarasenko. Look what happened. Uh, missing a lot of time with Colton Pareko. You're still without some of the, you know, Carl Gunnarsson, Oscar Sundquist. What a horse he was that we're missing right now. Just obliterated with injuries. Uh, this team found a way. I go back to that Colorado game about three weeks ago where Ryan O'Reilly put the team on his shoulders, got two goals in that first beer. They crawled out of that hole, and they just went on a run. This team's just made up of so much character and the identity of this group with the veterans on this team and the coaching staff and the city behind them. Uh, this is how I look at the season. You made it to the playoffs. Great job. Go out there. And uh, like we talked to uh, Jordan Bennington this morning, Curbs, he goes, you ever heard of David and Goliath? We don't know who we're facing yet. It could be Colorado. Yeah. It could be Vegas. Both teams are at the very top of their league. He, he is such a fun guy to talk to. And uh, because they – the David and the Goliath thing, when uh, like like Panger was was giving Jordan Bennington some grief, saying, "Oh, you know, if you're going to get in a fight, don't get in a fight. Well, don't fight that Robin Leonard. You know, he's this big, he's that." And Jordan Bennington just kind of deadpans. He goes, "He goes, well, there's that David and Goliath thing, Panger. Have you ever heard of it?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and it's it, it's so it, it's so enjoyable to talk to him. I, I I've said this to you guys so several times, but I mean, it's. In in my time with the St. Louis Blues, it's it's really the best attitude, you know, like just 
I, I, attitude's not even – I don't even know what the right word I'm looking for is from a goaltender. Like, he's just got – he's got some kind of moxie it factor, and it's not it's not arrogance, but it's a little level of cockiness that I think you've got to have. I, I mean, Joe, all you pro athletes had to have it to some degree to be able to do what you did. You know, and, and, and man, Bennington's got it. He'll play in goal tonight, so I, I'm, you know, pretty sure we'll see who so tomorrow. But it, it was so much fun talking to him. The thing that stood out to me, though, is now that the league has let up on some of the um, protocols because of players being vaccinated, well, there's two things. We've got a scenario in St. Louis that's really unique with, with Wallman, all right, who tests positive, and now after further testing, it is a confirmed positive test, and he had been vaccinated. He's wow. one of those – he's got one of the seven percenters, you know, um, uh, and – well, that's if you had the Pfizer one, right? Uh, I guess a uh, little less, a uh, little less efficacy rate if it was the the Johnson and Johnson. But, but either either way, there's that. But but then he said, but you know what? Like, we've made it this far and we've been this careful. So why take any unnecessary risks moving forward? And and I I was actually kind of intrigued by that comment because at the same time that it's been a pain in the butt, I think it's also been very safe for the players. Yeah, I agree. I, I was surprised too when I asked him that question. You know, Alex, we were talking about, you know, what are you looking forward to the most now that the NHL starting game one of the playoffs is going to kind of loosen up some of these things. I was expecting him saying, you know, we're just excited to get back outside and, and go to these restaurants, eat outdoors, and just be with our buddies. That's what we miss the most. But it was actually the opposite. He said, you know what, we miss eating out on the road. It's the number one thing the players miss the most, honestly. That's where you kind of really build chemistry and camaraderie. But he didn't say anything about necessarily going right back after it and getting back out to those outdoor restaurants because, like Curbs was saying, he was saying that this team is going to still be very careful because we've come this far, as, you know, to quote him, we've come this far, why do something now to kind of screw it up? So this team is going to be super careful. You know, a lot's going to depend on, you know, as we know, Alex, between Colorado and Vegas. That's going to kind of change the dynamic of what they're going to be wanting to do or can do. The players are talking about walks. Different cities offer different things. A lot more temptations, of course, in Vegas. But uh, Colorado certainly could be a great call as well. But, no, to Curbs' point, I think, it's, I think it's been a crazy year. I think all the players are so excited for tomorrow night to be over. Uh, just move forward to know who their opponent is to come to work on Friday and Saturday and maybe in Sunday and, and just put a game plan in place, have good practices, solid practices, and go out there and just have a, a, a nothing to lose attitude. You know, I saw, uh, I don't know if you saw the same thing, Alex. There was a percentage of winning the cup. They ranked the top 16 teams, or the only 16 teams, rather. St. Louis was at the very bottom, 0.1%. Yeah. And, and yeah, of course, I think from Dumb and Dumber, like, oh, you're telling Tell me, me there's a chance. Yeah, somebody, somebody tweeted that and then tweeted, I think, I forget who, who put that out there. I just, you're in a great I'm, spot. You're still in a great spot. You can beat those teams. And I you am have nothing fascinated by those odds. Like, <laughs> like I'm too. When you still that, have the I pedigree. like it for that reason. Like, I, you're, I, you're better than that, and yeah. the teams aren't giving you any credit, so go out there and show people up. I mean, I, I'm I, – maybe I'm nuts. Maybe I'm, I'm a little blinded with, uh, you know, my blue shades here, but the uh, – uh, like if if I look at the matchups for the playoffs, the way it looks like they could be, and even if, like, look, the St. Louis Blues are going to go into the first round either against Colorado or either against Vegas. They're going to go in uh, into the the playoffs as the underdog, as Joe is saying. But if 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 St. Louis beats Vegas, and or if St. Louis beats Colorado. There's nobody that could sit on one of those network shows and sit there and say, well, this is a monster upset. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't 
I wouldn't see it as that. And I'm like, I mean, the only one, I, I mean, you could make a case for the, the lower seed winning every single one of these playoff games mm-hmm. or a series yeah, the, when, when you look at this. I mean, it's crazy how tight it is. It's very tight. Too tight to call, and I agree with you. I don't think it'll be a monster upset. It'll be an upset. Yes. For sure. But it's not going to be something like, whoa, you know, you know, do you believe in miracles? Uh, it won't be <laughs> San Jose beating the Blues in 2000 after the Blues won the President's Trophy, yep. and there was that big of a gap. It, it won't be that big. So let me ask you guys this then, because, of course, we don't know yet the opponent for the St. Louis Blues in the first round, and tonight's going to dictate that as the Vegas Golden Knights and Colorado Avalanche are both in action. If Vegas, or if Colorado gets one more point than Vegas this evening, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Curbs, if Colorado gets one more point than Vegas this evening, they still have a shot at first place. But if Vegas gets one more point of Colorado, Vegas clinches the playoff spot, correct? All right, hang on a minute here. I know. Bottom I, I, line is, bottom line is, if Colorado wins out, if they Colorado take Colorado wins out, they take it. Yeah. Because no matter what, Colorado has has the first tiebreaker. Correct. So Vegas could only get to eighty two points with their game tonight against San Jose, right? So that would mean that if if Vegas wins, Colorado has to win out. Yeah. That, that's that's the bottom line there. I mean, and so any any other combination. So, so essentially So regardless of any outcome, Colorado would have to win out for the blue or for the Avalanche to catch Vegas. Unless uh, Vegas no, loses no, in if, regulation. Yeah. If well and even if even if Vegas loses in, in, in overtime, if Vegas gets if Vegas gets two points tonight, then Colorado has to win out. Yeah. If Vegas gets one point then Colorado only needs three points out of their final four. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah so three okay. of the final four points, correct. Right. Well, yes. no, they only have two more points up for grabs after tonight, though. Right, right. But, well, I'm, I'm counting oh, tonight's count game. Oh, gotcha. tonight's I'm game. Saying, okay. I, I'm saying three out of their final four possible Starting points. Starting tonight. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you think it matters to either of those uh, from the Blues' perspective, and Tyler Bozak said it uh, last night that it doesn't matter who you play, you're going to have to face them at some point. But from Vegas and Colorado's standpoint, do you think that either of those teams are looking at it saying, I'd rather not match up against the Blues? I, I personally would like to see the Blues play Colorado because the way I look at it is I look at the other matchup. You know, Alex, it, it's all about matchups. Yeah. It's all about matchups. And that's where this whole like underdog, overdog, I, I don't think it matters anything. You can't tell me that a casual fan would say that the Vegas Golden Knights would be the underdog in the Minnesota series. They would be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Minnesota has whipped up on Vegas this year. I think Minnesota can beat Vegas. So to me, I would actually like to see. I think it's, it, it suits the Blues the best if Colorado can leapfrog Vegas. The Blues could face. Or excuse me, the Blues could face Colorado in the yeah. first round. So they leapfrog Vegas. So it'll be Colorado St. Louis matchup, which they've outscored them five on five this year. We've seen that. So I think it's a good matchup for the Blues. It's a pick your poison, but I still like it versus Colorado. But then what's intriguing about the other one then is you got Vegas and Minnesota, and Minnesota has has done very well against Vegas this year. So if St. Louis can get through Colorado and Minnesota can get through Vegas curves, to me, I think you're you're on to the third round because St. Louis has shown no signs of letting up against Minnesota this year. No, and and this is – look. Nathan McKinnon is not playing tonight for Colorado. He got dinged up in in their last game against wow. Las Vegas, and he now, returned injury, for that game. Well, the injury for um, 
And according to Jared Bednar, the injury that he suffered is not related to the one that had him missing the previous two games. So Jared Bednar's quote is this, and and I pulled it up. He got dinged up in the Vegas game, unrelated to the injury he had the previous two games. At this point, we're trying to get him ready for the playoffs. So he's unable to play tonight, and hopefully he's good and healthy and ready to go for game one of the playoffs. (sighs) They're calling him day-to-day. I mean, that's why the – again, what if Mark Stone goes down? You know, you look at Colton Pareko took out two for us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and stuff like that. So, again, that's <laughs> – play the center. You you get a chance to play Colorado, and even if it's just two games, but they let, let's just – I mean, McKinnon misses one game yeah. of, of the say, series potentially. That could be a game that you get that needed win in. I mean, I'm telling you, like, there's – so much can happen. Oh, yeah, especially – I mean, if you go out there and – if you do what you did to Winnipeg Jets in 2019, you steal two in Colorado. Yeah. The Colorado team, they're – to me, everywhere I've looked, they're either the one or two to, to take it all this year. That's what they're projected. Okay, so they're feeling the heat. They're feeling the pressure. If you, if you go down by a game, you go down by two, and you don't have Nathan McKinnon or Grubauer ends up getting a little shaky, they don't have a backup goaltender. Devin Dubnik cannot carry the load, not even close. So if some, for some reason Grubauer can't can't be in there and Nathan McKinnon's not in there, if the Blues go out there and steal that first game, uh, like Herbs was saying, I you, you just never know, man. I mean, that's what makes it so exciting. And it's a whole new it's a whole new league, Alex. I'll never forget walking into the locker room. Every year we made the playoffs in Pittsburgh. They always had the stats of the teams, and they had our individual stats there. And I'll never forget, you come in for game one or round one, you just see zeros. It's zeros everywhere. No one cares how many points Sidney Crosby got in the regular season. Nobody cares the fact that I didn't get any goals during the regular season. Everyone <laughs> is in the same line everyone every team has zero and it's a fresh start and that's how the blues have to look at that it's a brand new fresh start let's go out there let's learn from what happened this year let's took it let's take it into a new gear got a couple new faces possibly coming into the lineup and and just roll the dice again you got nothing you got nothing to lose it's actually a pretty cool spot for the blues to be in can i throw just a random nhl topic out there on you the uh you mentioned the pittsburgh penguins in your time there the, the the run that the Pittsburgh Penguins have gone on into the playoffs, like it, it's it is hard to make the playoffs in the NHL. Like that is one first big accomplishment. Obviously, you got to make. You can't win the cup if you don't get in the playoffs. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, but for them, I mean, there were some people that thought that they would miss the playoffs this year. That mm-hmm. that that could happen. Um, you had the change of, of general managers there, and and they're saying, okay, is it done? Is it is it time to move on from Malkin? Those kind of things. And and they have managed, and they have they have just managed with with the core three guys of Latang, Crosby, and Malkin, to just claw and fight, and I mean for them to 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 win that East Division. Yeah, I mean to win that East Division this year is just outstanding. I mean I, I'm 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 just impressed with what they did. It's a it's a privilege to play for that team. And I and I, I look at them like the New York Yankees. Okay, if you're a baseball player and you get drafted by the Yankees, you get traded to the Yankees. You kind of take on this different persona. It's the New York Yankees, and you figure out a way to do anything you can for that team and for those leaders. I remember being in those locker rooms, and I remember Jerome McGinley got traded the deadline. I was right there. He was doing his first press conference, and he was just talking about how I came here. I want, I chose here over Boston because I wanted to play next to Crosby, and I wanted to wear this sweater. I think we could win. I want to be a part of this city and be a part of this group, but I'm going to do whatever I can, right? I'm going to do whatever I can to see us win, win, win some games. It, it's that privilege. You, you feel privileged 
to be on the ice wearing those colors and being on the ice with two of the best players and maybe one of the best defensemen of all in the last 10 years with Chris Letang and certainly Marc-Andre Fleury all those years as well, who's going to be a Hall of Famer as well. You, you felt privileged to be out there. And I think that that's, that's that kind of feeling that every team is after. You know, if you're the Arizona Coyotes, you, you fire Tockett, you, you part ways with Tockett, you still can't figure it out. That's what every team wants. Arizona oh. Coyotes want that. They want that privileged feeling that people want to come there and they're, they're going to put everything on the line. They're going to put all their individual stuff aside. They want to win for this team because they believe in this team. And that that's what happens in Pittsburgh. And it happens year after year. You, you go alongside Sidney Crosby, you see the best player in the world, uh, top three, let's call him now, getting ready. You want to go to war for him because he's a great leader. He's one of the best in the world. He's one. He's a proven winner, and this team can win again. And and you just you take on a different persona. You, you do everything for the team, and you put your, your your personal stuff aside. Real quick, real quick, personal question for you. All right, and, and you know now that you've been in the booth three years, kind of back around the game of hockey after you know battling your injury and and kind of figuring things out for a couple of years, right? Just out of curiosity, do you ever? I don't know, with with as crazy as life is and you got the kids at home and another one coming and yeah. toddlers and ages and running to soccer practices, hockey and, you know, and all that stuff, you ever sometimes sit back and go, I played in the NHL. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like have, have you ever taken a, a moment to just sit back and, and reflect and think, man, so few people actually do that, that that you were good enough in the game to do that. You know, the only thing I'll say about this, and i got to be careful how I say it because, uh, of course, I want to come off the wrong way. My, my kids have a bunch of my cars, and they're kind of spread out all over in their rooms. And every now and then we're, we're doing some deep cleaning around the house, and I'll find one of my cars under the couch full of <laughs> dust. And I kind of look at it, and I'm just like, whoa, like, that's pretty cool. You yeah. know, so <laughs> right. I, I, it kind of hits me in those weird moments, but – you know, you look back on it, and I think every player kind of says the same thing, and it's so true. You're just doing your job. You don't you don't think about it. You don't think of it like the glamour. You don't think of it with the prestige and all the wonderful things that come with the profession. You just you've been doing it your whole life, and you just go out there and you just keep doing it, and you just keep doing it, and keep doing it. And then when it's over, you just kind of stop doing it. I I don't know how else to say it, but. You don't really have time to kind of gloat in it. You know, I haven't really had time with all the kids I'm having either to really kind of sit back and look back and think, <laughs> that's awesome. gosh, that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, but that's but that, kind of my point. When you look at that card yeah. and you have that moment, you're like, damn, oh, <laughs> darn, hey, that's kind of cool. That's Talk awesome. On it. Yeah. On it. Boys, let's take a quick break and come back because I know a lot of people are curious about Clem Costin. I want to get your Never thoughts. Heard of him. Uh, yeah, well, before before today, I would find that KK. very impossible. KK, can we call him KK? KK, Is that no, good there's already another KK in St. Louis. I know, the Cardinals, but I mean, you're 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 the nickname guy, Alex. I'm just gonna leave this up. No, to you. he's no good at it. Shoshenko, come he's on. He's no good at it. He's her. pretty good. I'm great oh. at the nicknames. Shoshenko. I'm gonna come Shoshenko. up with I'm gonna come he's up with no one for you guys. It. When we come back, we're gonna take a break and come back. It's the Boardwalk Hardwood Floors this week in hockey. Curbs, Joey, and Alex with you, and we'll come back after this here on 101 ESPN. Welcome back in here on a Wednesday night. Alex Ferrario, Chris Kerber, Joe Vitale with you as we are. Getting set for Blues and Wild, the final two games of the regular season with back-to-backs. The Blues with a 4-1-1 overall record against the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota, still something to play for. Now, a lot of this rides on Colorado if they win or lose, but Minnesota's three points behind Colorado, both teams with two more games to be had. And, of course, the Colorado, we all know, taking on the L.A. Kings tonight while the Minnesota Wild taking on the Blues. And tonight, fans get a good taste of Clem Costin as the Russian forward is back from the KHL. His quarantine period is completed, and he is in the lineup tonight. Joe, you asked me before we went 
went to break for a, a nickname, and Chris Kerber hates my nickname. So I'm going to give you a nickname that our good buddy Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point texted over to us. Clem Shady. Ooh. Like Slim Shady? We all remember, right? See, it's just because Birdie, Birdie gave it its cool. You know, if anyone else would have said, I'm like, nah, but since Burton threw it out there, I'm thinking, okay. Now, that's see, if I would have said that. That was where I was about to go. If like, I would have like, said that. you just learned a good lesson, Alex. You should always call Jeff Burton and ask for his nicknames. No, I came up with a great nickname. Ask Burton, ask Burton. What about Kitty Cat? Kitty cat. It has to. Let's think about a nickname. First off, you have to be able to say it, and I can't say it. I say it very well. And when I came up with a nickname, I didn't have seven teeth missing. Clemmy, Curbs. I'm telling you what to do. Go on Twitter and hit hashtag Schwarzenko, and I promise you, it'll take you back to 2016. I believe that's when Amy Mark scores, and I came up with a nickname, Schwarzenko. I'm not doing it. And they dominated the NHL. They dominated the NHL, Curbs, all because of our nickname. Amy should have known. I'm disappointed in Amy. Amy should have known to not give you the time of day after coming up with that. We did it together. We worked on that nickname (laughs) together. You just hate that nickname. Well, regardless of the nickname, Clem Shady, we're going with Clem Costin, or as Joey likes to call him, Kitty Cat at some point. He's in the lineup tonight, and a lot of fans are excited about this. And I don't know if you guys caught it, but Bob Hartley, his Clem Costin's coach over in the KHL, he joined the fast lane uh, earlier this afternoon. And we're going to hear from um, Bob Hartley in the intermission tonight. We'll have some cuts in the pregame show. But he talked a lot about the confidence of Clem Costin. He talked a lot about how, and I believe the quote from Bob Hartley was, they would not have won that uh, the KHL championship if it wasn't for Clem Costin. I think the excitement is rightfully had for a lot of Blues fans right now, guys. It is, and and I would caution a little bit here. I, I don't, I don't. You're not bringing in kind of. A, I, I don't think it would be great, but I, I would. I don't know. I don't think you're bringing in like the, the 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 offensive savior for this hockey team. I think you're excited because he was a first round pick, albeit the 31st pick in that draft. Uh, you got to remember he's only 22 years of age. Yeah. Uh, but you've got some size. He. He's bringing an element that the Blues have been missing at, at forward maybe since Pat Maroon because he's got that size and that ability to hold on to it. And, again, you did you mentioned that interview with Bob Hartley, and Bob Hartley talked about how you know, he was teaching him to drop that shoulder and go, you know, go to the net, go wide on the defenseman. He talked about how every defenseman in the KHL knows exactly who Clem Costin was. And, and, Bob, it was a great interview that I, I recommend everybody yeah. download the, the – uh, the Fast Lane podcast and listen to it because uh, some great insight on his development this year and how it went. And Joe, we saw Chris Weidman who played against him uh, on St. Patrick's Day. We saw Clint, uh, Chris Weidman when we were at Obi Clark's doing the show there, and uh, and he talked about him just being a beast. and And I yeah. think that that's what I'm looking forward to tonight. Just keep it simple, straight line hockey. Hit a couple people, make some smart plays with the puck. Because one thing we know for sure is there is opening for playing time on this team because other guys have just not taken it. Well, opportunity is definitely out there. That's number one. You know, one thing to keep in mind, you know, to kind of piggyback curbs there, Alex, you're not going to get an offensive savior. In fact, it's going to kind of jolt uh, Kim a little bit, and I I think fans should be prepared for it. The KHL is a great league, but it is not the NHL. So I know he had success in the, in the KHL. Uh, in KHL, they use different size rinks. Uh, some are Olympic size, some are a little bit smaller. The Swedish size is kind of a hybrid between NHL and Olympic. Uh, there's a lot less parity in the KHL. Every now and then, you're going to face a really, really solid player in the KHL or maybe a good line. 
over here in the NHL, I was just texting Chris to the rink, and he said this. He goes, the biggest difference in, in the leagues are every night when you're in, in the NHL, you are facing good players, top players, best players in the world. That's not how the KHL is. Now, I know Clemens had a lot of success over there. He's got a lot of confidence from his play over there, and that's all really solid. But at the same time, you do need to keep that in mind. Starting with the Minnesota Wild here tonight, he is going to see wave after wave of elite players, whether it be Zuccarello or Parisi or Spurgeon or, you know, Suter, whoever. Those type of players don't really exist in a very consistent wave after wave level in the KHL. So to me, that's the biggest thing to kind of, you know, really keep in mind with Clem and his performance here tonight. And, and I say that because you got to take it with a grain of salt. You know, don't have too high of expectations for this young kid. Curbs mentioned his age. Yes, he had a lot of success. Yes, he was a top power play guy over there. But this is going to be a whole different breed. And, you know, along along with what Bob Hartley had, the conversation he had with him when he was playing in the KHL about shifting his game, to me, that's, that's kind of really what it's going to be about moving forward here with the St. Louis Blues. But without question, a third, fourth-line role, that's where I see Clem. Had Craig Bruby even talked about this morning. Yep. He goes, I don't think we're looking at a top six forward that's going to go out there and light the lamp shift after shift. But if we, we do need some bottom six guys. We need some guys that are big, physical, are willing to get to the net, play with an edge. And if Clem's willing to do that, he'll play again tomorrow, and maybe we'll see him next week. That's the that's the quote, Curbs, that I loved from Bob Hartley. And again, we're going to use this on pregame tonight if people missed it. But he said that, you know, he had a conversation and sat in the film room with him. And Costin, you know, talked about being like Tarasenko and being like Barbashev. And Hartley told him, you're none of those guys, Clem. Like, you have to be Clem Costin. And he said he finally broke through with that during the season in the KHL where he would finally dip that shoulder down and just go straight to the crease and make defensemen pay if they tried to step up against him. Rob, he, Rob, sorry, yeah, Rob Scuderi... You know, he, he had kids when I played with them, and he would tell this story to his kids. He would tell it to other players. I think he got it from a movie, maybe Along Came Polly, but it, it's a lot of truth to it. He's like, Joe, you ever heard the, the story of the, the hippopotamus? The hippopotamus? And I said, I said, no, Robbie, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, there once was a hippopotamus, and he went to his mom and dad in, in the safari and said, Mom, Dad, I want to be a zebra. And the dad said, <laughs> you can't be a zebra, you're a hippopotamus. And he goes, no, Dad, you don't understand. I want to be a zebra. I think I, I think I could be a zebra. So he went down to the watering hole in Africa, found a little watering hole, kind of mixed up some mud, and started throwing stripes on his back. And before you know it, he had all these stripes. He was kind of camouflaged like a zebra. He started walking around the safari, and he felt like he was a zebra. And he did that for a couple of days, and all of a sudden it started to rain out in the safari, Alex. And then all of a sudden all that mud got rinsed off. He looked at his reflection in the lake, and what was he? He was a hippopotamus. <laughs> so, so, so the moral of the story is, be who you are. You can't change Can't change who you are. I know it's kind of a long, kind of kiddish story, but there's a lot of truth to I that. I like it. There's a lot of truth to that. And Bob Hartley, in that great interview that the Fastlane ran this morning, sat down with Clem, and he mentioned names like Vladimir Tarasenko, comparing his game to Nikita Kucherov. And Bob Hartley said, hey, listen, brother, like that's not you. Mm-hmm. you got to go out there and be you. And what you is this, driving that hard, getting north, being physical, being tough to play against. Hard on faceoffs. Give a guy a whack. That's what you represent. And the sooner you figure that out, the more the more value you're going to bring to the St. Louis Blues. It's not it's not what you want to be. You have to think about it from the Blues perspective. They they don't want you just to be you, right? They want to know what can you bring to the table. Like any business, right? Any business is hiring. What can you do for the company? That's the ultimate question. And so I think that that conversation that Bob had with Clem. Uh, apparently really raised his eyebrows, curbs, and, and kind of took on a whole new meaning for that season. I loved the quote, and I'm, I'll get it a little bit wrong here, but hopefully you'll, you'll air it, Alex, is when he said, uh, he said, a monster of a body with a big heart. Yep. You know, and, and what, I took, what I took out of that interview 
And, and again, I, I just mad props to the guys on the fast lane for lining that up and, and, and talking to, you know, to Bob Hartley, who won a Stanley Cup. He won a Calder Cup with the Hershey Bears. The, the guy knows how to win. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he walked through the development and how he got Clem to start buying in and understand it. And, and he was taking a fragile hockey player because after three years and only four games in the NHL over here in North America, he um, – uh, his confidence was down, and so they had to find a way to build it up. I'm, I'm re- going to be really intrigued to find out if our coaching staff kind of handles him the same way that Bob Hartley did, because Bob Hartley found a way to get to him and connect it and, and make success there and have success there. Um, so I, I think that's going to be important. And the other thing to keep in mind, we asked Ivan Barbashev this yesterday. We talked to Ivan because you know when Ivan was was even younger than Clem, Ivan came over and he he played in Moncton in, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and so he said, "Hey, what was it like as as a Russian coming in to Canada and, and playing at such a young age?" He, and he said it was hard. He didn't know he didn't speak the language, you know. I mean, so he's going to school and having to learn English while he's in school and. He said playing playing junior hockey was a dream of his in Canada. He was glad to be able to do it, you know. And and I I, I asked him that question, Joe, because I was curious what what Clem Costin was experiencing, because he, he again it wasn't even billets. You're talking about coming over as an 18 year old, and you're playing pro hockey mm-hmm. in in San Antonio. I mean, it's not an easy thing. And so again, it. It's okay if it takes a couple of years for somebody to develop and come into their own. Oh, yeah, and, and the quickest way for these type of players to get comfortable is to just do it on the ice, right? Because there's no language barrier in hockey. You just you go out there and you just play. And as soon as you make a good play, maybe your linemate's going to pick you up or say something good, and then you start to build from there. Maybe you have a good practice. You end up on a good line. Then you go out to lunch with the guys, and then you start kind of building that camaraderie. So, yes, there is a language barrier. Yes, there is an uncomfortable feeling of being in a different country with different signs and different food and all that kind of crazy stuff but where these players like Clem and Ivan where they really feel content and where they feel like they really adjust well and adjust in a very expedited manner is when they're playing the sport of hockey so for Clem here tonight it's all about just taking those baby steps starting with tonight you know, going out there in that third line and just putting a dent in the game somehow. Play with the speed you have. You have good energy. You haven't played in a couple weeks, even though you're dealing probably still with some jet lag and some different time zones. But go out there and play with that little bit of an edge. And this is a great time to be joining the team because you're right on the cusp of playoffs. And that's when it really gets exciting. So I'm excited for the opportunity to see him here tonight. We saw him a little bit last year, Curbs, and just wonderful, bright things. He, he has the ability to score some goals. He can surprise you. But I know that Craig Berube is not leaning him on him just for the goals, but more about just playing the right style of hockey and definitely being able to defend in the D zone. Guys, we got Alex oh, uh, real, go real, real quickly here. If if he comes in and he does play that physical style that has been his style mm-hmm. both in in the minors and over in the KHL, and if Craig Berube decides to go with Dakota Joshua, come playoff time, yeah. I think those two players could really change, uh, I think, the look of this hockey team from a physical standpoint, something that I think hasn't been as good as it needs to be in the regular season. I agree 100% with that, and I'm excited to see if they get a chance to play together at some point. Guys, real quick trivia question for you. Do you know who called Clem Costin's first NHL goal? Alex Ferrario. That's right. All because of Chris Kerber. Nice. All because of Chris Kerber. I think it was like, he's going! 
scores. He scores. That and, and, and I you, spit, you gave it the old Ken Cal. Yeah, yeah, and I spit a little too when I did it because I was oh, yeah. missing some rain shower. Alex, you'd love these. Uh, you'd love these COVID <laughs> protocols at the rink here. There's plexiglass in between it, so you could spray it out the right side <laughs> well, of your mouth and think, not get anybody wet. Let's bring you, your squeegee. I yeah. think you guys would love it more than I would. Well, let's take another break and come back. Coaching carousel in the off season upcoming for the NHL. I want to get Curbs and Joey's thoughts on that as we continue to inch towards Blues and Wild tonight. It's the Boardwalk Hardwood Floors this week in hockey here on your home for the Blues 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear this week in hockey with Alex Ferrario and Joey Vitale on your exclusive home of Blues Hockey 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Final time here on the Boardwalk Hardwood Floors this week in hockey. Alex Ferrario with you. Chris Kerber, Joe Vitale hanging out with us tonight as well. Boys, we've touched on the Blues and, of course, Blues and Wild dropping the puck tonight at 8 o'clock. Your pregame festivities start at 7 o'clock here on 101 ESPN. But I want to get a little NHL news and notes with both of you. And looking at the coaching situation, we've seen a couple of coaches be let go, one being John Tortorella out in Columbus. The surprising one, in my opinion, was Rick Tockett being let go from Arizona. And then you had earlier today David Quinn being let go from the New York Rangers. So this is kind of crazy, but uh, there's only seven coaches now in the National Hockey League that have been with their team for four seasons or longer. You've got Cooper in Tampa Bay, Paul Maurice in Winnipeg, Blash Hill in Detroit, and who knows how much longer that will last, Sullivan in Pittsburgh, Bednar, of course, in Colorado, Cassidy with Boston and Green in Vancouver and there's still some rumblings of whether or not green gets extended you know the number of coaches that are out there and available on the market is something else and you know obviously one plum job is going to go to uh the uh going to happen out in Seattle yeah right so there's some real coach and I think these general managers are going to have to be careful in, in terms of just who they pick and and how they go with it um there are so many good opportunities out here. So I, I think I think coaching has been become as much, Joe, matching the personality of the coach with the style of play you're going to need and where the players go. Like, you have to think that at some point the the, the Ken Hitchcock structure, you know, the uh, – you know the John Tortorella do it my way is going <laughs> to is is almost going to be what's needed to turn around the Buffalo Sabers, right? Yeah. But at the same time. There's like no way in the world, in my opinion, I'm putting John Tortorella with the expansion team, no. and and it, it doesn't fit the personality what I think of the an expansion team would need. Yeah, no, I uh, every time I think of John Tortorella, I think of and I did it my way. <laughs> Who's saying that? Frank Sinatra. Frankie, Frankie, yep. Frankie. You know what? Uh, there's a lot of great coaches out there. To me, I think you got to start with Seattle. Look, to me, Seattle. I think you got to go with Gerard Gallant. Yeah. Look at the smashing success he had in Las Vegas. And he knows how to win and win right away with an expansion team. So to me, that's got to be the fit for Gallant. I, Tortorella to me might be the odd man out. It's weird. It's like when you when you start to fire coaches, it's like a domino effect, right? So not maybe maybe a month ago or maybe right now you'd be okay with your coach like Rick Tockett, like you you mentioned, Alex. Yeah. Uh, to me, that was a surprise too. I think he's starting to build a really good culture I did in too. Arizona. But the problem is when you see Gallant available, you know, don't forget about Bruce Boudreau who is one of the all-time proven win- winning coaches in the National Hockey League. He's out there. Claude uh, Julian's you know, going to be sitting out there. Claude Julian, you know, Rick Tockett, John Trudeau, um, Mike Babcock we talked about. Yeah. There are plenty of well-knowledged coaches out there that can win. So it's that domino effect of as soon as you see one kind of get fired, then everyone kind of opens the floodgates because maybe they want that guy. So a lot of great coaches. Seattle certainly has their pick of the litter. 
And uh, I don't know. Bob Hartley, as Curbs is showing me, yeah. this notable available coaches who just won the, the championship in the KHL, Boy, as we were just talking yeah, about. You've got Mike Babcock with 700 career wins. Tortorella, 673. Bruce Boudreaux, 576. Bob Hartley. Gerard Gallant, 270. Rick Tockett. I, um, th- there's going to be some people. I'm telling you, like, I wouldn't mind – I wouldn't mind seeing Bruce Boudreaux get a chance out there with Seattle. This guy now, yeah. I know he's had a hard time in the playoffs, and that that is a knock against him that he just couldn't get Anaheim and some of his Washington teams past that first round. But it's only like in a twenty-three or twenty-four-year coaching career, he's only missed the playoffs with a team that he's coached the entire season like once. I mean, it's it's really something else. I Bruce Boudreaux in New York with the Rangers. Could be a, an interesting one. See, I'd love I, to see his great personality yeah, in New York, too. It'd be fun. I think that's going to be Tockett. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Tockett in Arizona, I think like four or five days ago, decided to part ways. And that's the important thing here because some of these guys like Tortorella and Rick Tockett, yes. they, it was a kind of a mutual decision yes. saying, hey, let's go another direction. Not a, you got two years left, you're fired. And so then you see Quinn a couple of days after get fired from the Rangers. Right. So to me, it's almost like if you see Rick Tockett out in the market, that that's where that Alex, that's where that domino effect starts to really play a role. Yeah. Where the Rangers are going to say, uh, you know, I like Rick Tockett in New York because they still have a lot of youth. One of the things that Tockett's really good about is working with the youth. He's he's a developer. You know, coaches like Babcock, they're kind of already set in their ways, and they're just kind of those kind of dictator style coaches. Tortorella a little bit, even though he's he's decent in development. But what I love about Rick Tockett in New York is you look at all those young studs they have there, and they're really starting to build something great there. I think Tockett can really come in there and, and work on the finer details of the game to get New York up and running. He's very familiar with the Eastern Conference, obviously, all the years in Philly. Played some time in Pittsburgh um, as well. I think he played for the Devils. I know he never he didn't stop at the Rangers, but do you think do you think John Tortorella? We've only got about two minutes here. Do you think do you think John Tortorella has? Um, uh, do you think his his coaching style can be successful still in the National Hockey League with the with the younger players and and how that works? I think he needs to adjust a little bit. Yeah, I don't think if he, if he continues to do what he does, he, no, and I think that's. That's the conversation that general managers have to talk to him about. They're going to say, hey, if you keep isolating players and benching them and benching our $6 million goal scores because they're not you know, finishing a hit, John, at some point you have to take a step back and realize that back to the conversation about what these players are or not. This is what they are. This is what he's not. Let's learn to work with what we have instead of trying to force someone into a role that there's not. Like Craig Bruby does a great job of that. Like, Craig doesn't try to make anyone something they're not. And I think that's why he's had so much success here with all the younger players that he does because he looks at, like, a player like Zach Sanford. Zach Sanford, you know, whether some fans out there and me personally, whether you want him to do certain things or not, that's just not who he is. But Craig Bruby looks at him like these are the gifts he brings to the table and we're going to figure out a way to use them. So John Torella can certainly adapt a lot of that if he wants to, me, find a new job in the NHL this upcoming season. Boys, appreciate you hanging out tonight with us on the uh, Boardwalk Hardwood floors this week in hockey. We'll talk to you uh, in about 30 minutes for our pregame festivities. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, we'll have some fun. And uh, listen, folks, if if they are in the market for some hardwood floors, uh, Alex, get over there and check out Boardwalk Hardwood floors. They've got the three area locations. And uh, when I was redoing our basement and, and 
looking at some options for stairs. They came out with some of that vinyl hardwood flooring idea that have made those steps absolutely amazing. So I suggest people check it out. Go in, talk to them about your project, and they're going to find a way to not only make it look great but fit your budget to help you out too. Well said, Curbs. Joey, we'll talk to you guys in just a bit. That's Curbs and Joey. It's This has been the Boardwalk Hardwood Floors This Week in Hockey. We'll come back and wrap things up before we start pregame next on 101 ESPN. Always appreciate Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale hanging out with us before puck drop. And that is going to wrap it up for our This Week in Hockey presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors Coaches Show. Plenty more to get into tonight before we hit puck drop between the Blues and Wild. We have the first Community Credit Union pregame show presented by Auto Center's Nissan and Academy Air starting in about four minutes. We'll get into Clem Costin's game. We'll talk about that with Jamie Rivers. We'll also hear from some of his teammates talking about what Clem can provide. And we'll get into the Ferrari which you'll hear a cut from Bob Hartley. And as I teased it with Curbs and Joey, phenomenal interview with the Fast Lane guys. We'll bring you back a chunk of that interview during the first intermission this evening. So make sure you stick around there if you want to hear more about Clem Costin. But he comes back to the St. Louis Blues. He's in the lineup tonight. A couple of other lineup decisions for the St. Louis Blues. So we will be getting into that as well, all leading you up to puck drop between the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues as the Blues start their final of two games in the regular season 101 ESPN Peloton let's go this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors we're gonna pick it up a notch it's the holiday season you might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes from running to cycling to yoga try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial new members only not available in remote locations see additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial Peloton, motivation that moves you.